This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Oli Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. I'm thrilled about today's guest. He's working as postdoctoral researcher at Sport and Health Sciences at University of Jyväskylä, Finland. He has specialized to strength training and its acute responses and long-term adaptation. Please welcome Dr. Heikki Peltonen. Welcome, Heikki. Thank you, Olli. So, so you said that it, it would be good to have something in the training devices. So are you, are you developing something that people could get values of power, how, how they perform during the training? Yeah, um, at, at least in, in the now in the market or this commercial product, there's not, not, not so many uh, products f- for that purpose. Uh, we, we are developing in, in, in here in our faculty in the university. Uh, this, this kind uh, selector pin device where, where, where is this force and accelerometer sensors and that way we can identify basically rep by rep all, all, all these contractions and get and bring these real-time feedback for coaches and all these uh, trainers and they can Modify their trading programs, or they 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 can at least get some kind of feedback to the future. So is that, for example, these loads too high to do this kind of power type training because they fatigue start to accumulate during that set, or is it needed to keep longer rest periods between set, or with different kind of ways they want to modify their own program. Mm, all right, that sounds nice. So, so basically, you have the selector pin which you put in the weight stack when you select the weight, and that has a force sensor. And then you would get some information from the force sensor to your smartphone or a screen in the training device. How 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 have you thought that part? Uh, our solutions use these trainers' own mobile phones. And yeah, we measured that uh, how much that retrofit pin, that selector pin bends, and that that way we can that that force information that that technology is basically same what we use in the no, normal scales, and there's also this uh, accelerometer, and we can get this velocity information as well. So so this information we can bring real time for these trainers or for own mobile phone and that, that training program. Mm. And and are the athletes and coaches meant to be using this during the isometric that they actually modify, put enough weight that it becomes isometric or during during dynamic training? Uh, that is just the prototype. So we did one training intervention where we had 90, 90 persons uh, 
who use these devices and now now we have that test data and we have uh, done some analysis based based on that but it's not not yet on commercial product so so we have quite limited amount of these user experience at in the in the field basically we are just using that in all our laboratories and with our own research studies mm. and what what do you think what will be better isometric or dynamic usually people don't do isometric training so it's a little bit it's maybe not too too convenient the isometric but then if you do dynamic you cannot see the rate of force development very well because the weight starts to move and kind of decrease the the force uh, how, how do you see that what kind of variables people could get what should they be looking during the training yeah yeah you, you are right uh, these isometric state test situations are maybe more for rehabilitation or some research purpose. Uh, we have a lot of different kind scientific publications where, where I done some isometric tests and that way we have some kind of reference values and we can add that scientific information to that software and these algorithms and use like a reference data and and of course there is that aspect when you do some isometric contraction that you don't cause so much fatigue and that fatigue not disturb your real training so so there is some benefits but of, of course uh, more, most of these actions what we do in the gym that they are, they are really dynamic and so so that's also really important that the information from these dynamic repetitions and if we can collect that data during that normal training and do some conclusion based on that data i think that is that uh, best way to do this guiding or that that feedbacking back what comes from the training and how, how to modify that training so it's then then you don't need to do any specific tests you just do that your own training and you can get the data from that mm, yeah and and if you would get the data the, your selector pin or your kind of applications be developed it doesn't know automatically that how much there are weights selected or am i right uh, these uh, these solutions what are already on the market these devices can't identify that or measure that how much weight there is that our solution can solve that problem and then then we know how much weight is in the weight stack and is there or some lever arms or cam system where that cable goes or is there some handles on the other side of that cable it's it's calculate all, all these together that our system so that that way we can get this real forces or reload what, what you are using all the time mm. all right so it's quite nice actually you could get, collect quite quickly a quite nice database which could be a database for that specific athlete and then you would see that in this device with these weights all the parameters were like this and you could maybe give just one 
one index value which is calculated from many variables that would actually be pretty uh, important when uh, securing that the training is actually done with a good good level yeah that, that that's true and there, there is some some benefits in that when we need to use weight stack devices when when we use that system because then when we want to optimize that training based on that data what we are collect from that wake stack uh, these exercises are a little bit more safety to do if we compare to for example free weights so so when they when they use these devices we can as they do they exercises or they performances more like a maximal compared to the free, free, free weights versus this your performance technique is so in is in so big role mm, i i see and then ha- have you thought that i think it could be interesting to have kind of some kind of neuromuscular test that would test your readiness for the training it's it's quite important when you are trying to have the best training you can optimal training that you know that which day is the time to do the power training for example if you are too tired it's probably no use for a top athlete to do the try to do a high level power training so could you use some kind of test that you are developing to test the readiness for for the day's training i don't think there's any really good validate test for that but of course that neural aspect of 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 your uh, neuromuscular system that neural aspect is is in big role or key role when we talk this readiness so if we do for example this kind uh, rapid force production for example this rate of force development uh, monitoring then we can get at least some kind of hint how about your neural system today is today good day to do like a power type training or is it needed to do some tradi- traditional hypertrophic type training or is it better to leave and skip whole day and keep a rest for example but there is not any good validated test at this yet on the market yeah so so do you see continuing from what you said that if if you feel that you are not performing well it's good to do hypertrophic training and then when you actually feel that you have the power you are in a in a good shape and you're not tired then it's the right day to do the power training yeah but basically it goes that way because when you need your maximal effort for that training you need these fast velocities when you do that power training it's it's needed to be also mental sharp and that that readiness that mental readiness should be good level on the day mm. and and how easily does the neuromuscular system kind of get tired like i read something from a from a power lifter that i think he before the competition he hadn't done in six weeks the maximum weights so he kind of 
left the the very highest performance he he kind of rested for six weeks of course doing hard power training during but didn't lift the maximum weights in six weeks how how is the how does the system get tired the neuromuscular system yeah and especially when when you are top level strength athlete uh, when, when you do your real max that one repetition max that that's so huge stress for your whole body and that that recovery from from that stress that take so much time and that that is that reason why the athletes not do these this kind of maximum on their training before these competitions so so you said that it's it's huge stress for the athletes uh, neuromuscular system to do the the very maximum so do, do you see it's different between the very top athletes and and kind of lower level athletes and why why is that uh, when you are really top level athletes and, and strength athletes um, you need to use or you can use your neural system maximally during these uh, repetitions or these exercises but, but when you are a little bit lower level athletes there is more space and uh, when we, when we look at stress and when we do the maximum strength training uh, it, and we, when we think these normal periodizing on that tra- training process and that, that that is that thumb rule how much neural effects your brain training needs that then your training period should be shorter and shorter so so we try to avoid of course that overtraining risk mm. and and you said that it's it's a huge stress and the recovery time is long is there any scientific evidence of how long does it take for the neuromuscular system to recover from let's say like few maximum lifts of maximum weights there is some literature or at least some kind this literature based on some kind of studies or maybe also but when when we train maximum strength these rest times between sets even these sets includes just two or three reps um, might includes that seven minutes rest because your central nervous system needs that time but but if if you have a chance that rest period could be even longer because you need to be well rest before you start the next set This podcast is sponsored by Fibian, a research device that has been shown to be valid in tracking sitting, standing, physical activity and energy expenditure. Furthermore, Fibian has been shown to be valid categorizing physical activity into light, moderate and vigorous intensity. 
In addition to scientific accuracy, Fibian provides automatically produced and easy-to-understand reports for research participants. Get scientific validation and learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian. From researchers to researchers. Mm. And, and you think it's the central nervous system? Do you think it's the motor cortex that, that needs the recovery? Or which part of the neural system you think the fatigue is, is most? Uh, at least, I, I think that's like a total. Uh, but but uh, at least I can't remember any specific study what could identify that part of that central nervous system where is that main effect when you do that maximum strength type repetitions or sets where where that fatigue comes and where where where, where it is limitations that what tolerate that your know, force production so so much so I I I, I don't know but a mm, really yeah. interesting area yeah and and if we go a little bit back back to what we talked earlier, so you had one third for non-responders. So basically, they they did a good quality ten weeks of maximum strength training. They did good ten weeks of power training, and disappointingly, they didn't improve at all in their rate of force development. What what do you think is the is the reason behind it? Uh, when we look the hormones, they didn't uh, respond where they uh, changes in their hormonal system. There's basically plateau all the time, but that could be explained something. But of of course, we we don't know is there something in the sleeping or nutrition or is the normal work life a little bit different compared to other participants so so of course there's some areas what is hide and it's it hard hard to say but really explain this non-responding and and as i want to re- remind that that they they were just non-responders for that rate of force development. They still increase the one RAM. So 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 the, 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 there is quite many ways to look these different kind of adaptations and improvements to the strength training. Yeah, but do you could think that they anyway did ten weeks of of power training, so they did. 20 sessions of power training and many movements so they were actually really practicing also the skill of producing force fast and and kind of the coordination of the movements and still training 20 times probably like 20 hours you still didn't find find isn't it quite surprising that there was no changes you would expect that if you practice 20 hours of kind of skill that it would improve yeah yeah that, 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 that's a surprise for us and but yeah that, that's quite interesting topic nowadays if if we have different kind non-responders and 
how we should change state training programs or how we can guide their nutrition or because we all know these health benefits what comes from from physical activity and different kind of training so so I, I think that there's some uh, society aspect yeah and I think I, I remember some studies done with with recreationally training women or, or untrained women and remember that for them it made a difference like the ratio between saturated and non-saturated fat intake during the training program that was probably related to hormonal responses and then that made a difference in in some of the how well they responded to strength training do you think this this could be also with the with men that it could be about uh, quality of fat in the diet I think that could be one part of that big picture, but but of course it not explain that all, all, all behind that phenomenon. Mm. And I think I I talked with uh, Eero Haapala, and I think they found that uh, fatty acids in children was related to how well they did in math or some cognitive test, and this this people didn't have like deficit but it was just that if you got more it was correlated with the learning and and I think kind of this could be learning of motor skill which we are measuring from the rate of force development do you think it could be something related to fatty acids or or something like this yeah there could be something but of course these phenomena are so complex and it and we really know so less on on that topic in on overall hmm. all right yeah so anyway the non-responders were also improving in some aspects not just in in the rate of force development and yeah that that has been very interesting study and i think probably your future studies will will shed light to this that what are the mechanisms behind this uh if we go to another team what do you find as the most interesting things in the in strength training research what are you excited about uh i'm a little bit technology and new technique and device orientated person and i i really want to look what future brings for us these training monitoring and these wearable technologies and can can we that way improve our performances and how, how we can adapt to training and of course that that way comes better and better so i, so, I think there is a huge potential yeah so what would be your dream wearable in relation to strength training yeah good question um, at, at least some somehow if we could get that information uh, what, what is that 
adaptation situation on our body. Of course, we don't know so well what is our anaerobic energy capacities on the muscles uh, on, on the real time, and can 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 we really see that cycle when when it's good time to do that next training sessions and how how to modify that our training program related that uh, exercises what what we had done uh, last time or during last week mm. and and do you see that there should be some new new sensors or sensor development or analysis algorithms that these wearables should have or how do you think you could you could end up with this kind of new new insights uh, I, I think that machine learning brings some new we have a lot of different kind scientific publications and information uh, on, on that area but how to combine and use that that information uh, for that real training and this training optimization Mm. And do you think this kind of the pin you are you are developing with the machine learning and AI data analysis? Do you think this could be one one of the things in the future? Yeah, uh, it it not mean what kind of sensors we have. We just need that information from these repetitions, and then these algorithms and softwares. Are, are, are that a key role and how to use the data and how to utilize these that information for for, for every person and every individual hmm. and and you could actually collect quite a nice nice data set if you have one of the big manufacturers of of training devices that you'd have a lot of gyms that you would start to get data and then the data would be linked to to a person or at least that you know that these are from the same same person and maybe you would have yeah you could see the progress of training from the kind of training loads and and then you could probably bring quite quite nice insights for the for the training right yeah i think there is the future and when we can combine that kind of information to some kind of health information and then then, then we can find really some links bit, between things your training and your adaptations and of, of course your general health yeah yeah it's been it's been very interesting discussions about the, the studies and and the future directions in the in the wearables is there something you would like to add to the discussion i i think we have discussed several important aspects of this training and training monitoring but i would like to highlight that our individual role and in, in individual needs for these training and training programming and basically that training cycles and 
clocks or periods because there, there might be also something you need some kind uh, kind training before when you can get adaptation for example for power training you need some kind uh, strength level should be in some level and after that you can really really start to increase your force production velocity after so so there is a uh, some systematic path how to do that process and increase these different kind of adaptation strength training mm, that's a that's an interesting point so you you think that you need to first get to certain level of of strength and you would probably do that with the kind of hypertrophic and maximum strength training before you start to do more specific power or or sport specific strength training yeah there's some studies and what so that quite nicely so all right and and do you have could you give any insights that what is the level in in some some variable maybe kilos lifted in some specific movement or where does the base level are or how long do you need to do how many how many sessions that you get to that level uh, as we uh, found from that our study we can see that there is so much individual variation that is so much different kind of person so it's hard to say any specific strength level or force level uh, but I, I think that rhythm or these part of these uh, different kind of periods are quite same for every person so of course that amount how long you need to do different kind of training before when you start to do other kind of training there is some individual variation of that length or that time span mm. but do, do you think it is like if you are untrained that it's it's in the ballpark of one month half a year one year two years that you need to do kind of to get the base level that you can start to improve the power for real yeah and of course there the, should the, the be some cardiovascular properties quite good level when you start to do uh hypertrophic type training and then then maybe may more more and more neural type training for for example first maximum strength type training and then power training mm. and and what what is the cardiovascular endurances uh, role in the hypertrophic strength training um i i think that's a base and you need that certain level properties for that cardiovascular and then you can do that training and you you, you have some resources to push for your limit to your limit when, when you do this hypertrophic training if you have some basis from that cardiovascular before that mm. so if you don't have a good enough cardiovascular fitness you cannot push yourself enough to actually get get the good training stimulus for your muscle growth yeah at least you, when these trainings goes to fail that failure comes early and earlier if you have some weaknesses on, on your cardiovascular part 
Mm, all right. And and do you think it also plays a role in the recovery from the training that you recover faster, the better your fitness is, cardio, uh, cardiovascular fitness is? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm, all right. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. So I think I would like to now thank you for taking the time in this podcast. It was very, very interesting discussions. Thank you, Ole. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.